It's midweek motivation time once again, so let's get over the hump day mentality and start building ourselves into better humans with the Building Better Humans Project podcast. From business mentors, words of inspiration, to no pets, rules and self-determination. Welcome to the Building Better Humans Project podcast. The Building Better Humans podcast with your host, Glenn Azar. Hey guys, Glenn Azar here from the bringing you the midweek motivation for the Building Better Humans Project podcast. So as always, I'd love to thank you for taking the time to join. Um, I've got something really special for you today. So I'm going to tell you a story. It's, um, it's not a great story. It's a sad story. I'm also going to talk a little bit about what I think is a really bad disease um, within our community. And I'm going to play a little piece for you from a guy called Inky Johnson. Um, I love looking for motivational things, things that fire me up and, and get me moving in the right direction. And listening to Winky was certainly one of those ones that really got a hold of me. So I'm going to share that with you. I'm going to start by telling you a story about a really cool athlete who does really cool things for people. He's a kickboxer by the name of Wayne Parr, and he goes by the name of John Wayne Parr. And anyone in the fight game, in any form of the fight game, knows this guy. He's a Queenslander, he's based on the Gold Coast. And very recently, you know, Wayne posted a video where he went to visit a guy called Michael George. And Michael's a big fan, um, heavily involved in kickboxing in his own ways, and massive fan of Wayne Parr. And Wayne went to his house, uh, invited by some mates, and gave him some kickboxing shorts and a shirt and got photos with him. And to see the joy on Michael George's face when Wayne walked in there when he realised who it was and, and he cried and, and the emotion behind it. And you know, here's the thing I took out of it is that, you know, Wayne is one of the coolest guys that I've seen and I've met him a few times personally and he took time out of his life. And even if just for a few minutes or maybe for that day, he made someone else's life a little bit brighter. And I just wonder if we could all do that. If someone as busy as Wayne, who still is a competitive fighter, is able to do that, I mean, this guy's, you know, Wayne is a legend in his sport. But more than that, he's a legend in life. You know, his tagline, and there's a video out and stuff, and it's called the people hurting business because Wayne always says that he's in the people hurting business. And that's what he is inside the ring. But the truth is, he's just in the people business. He's an amazing guy that does really cool things for people. And the sad side to that story is that uh, 10 days later, so on the 10th of May, um, you know, this year, Michael passed away. So coming towards the end of his life, Wayne was able to just give him a little bit of brightness by giving him a little bit of his time. And I wonder that we could all take some sort of message out of that. So it also got me thinking because, you know, I've lost two grandparents to, to cancer and you see those shirts that say, you know, F cancer. And I agree, like, it's a really crappy disease and there's a lot of crappy diseases out there. And, and I'd certainly, based on that story I've just told you, I don't want ever to downgrade uh, how serious cancer is. But it got me thinking about the fact that we... What about other diseases that we don't react in quite the same way, way to? And this is, these are what I believe are diseases, so please don't take this the wrong way. But I'd love to get shirts made up that say, you know, F conformity. And, and what about F being average and F fitting in and, and F giving up on your dreams? Because those are freaking diseases as well. Those are the diseases of your mindset. Those are diseases that stop you from being the best version of you that you could be because you're trying to be average, conform with everyone else, fit in, you know, giving up on your dreams. And, you know, that is complete bullshit. Like, if you want to do something, 
do not sit around for the rest of your life wondering about why it wasn't able to happen for you. You know, screw all that stuff. Go out and take some actions. You can't possibly expect to achieve your dreams when you don't demand the best from yourself. You just can't expect that. You can't possibly expect other people to treat you with respect when you don't treat yourself with respect. So stop saying that you want to do something. Stop trying to fit in and keep everyone else happy because, man, you only get to do this once. And I know it's cliched, but, damn, you only get to do this shit once. So why sit around and do stuff that you hate and that you don't want to do? Get out and do stuff that you love for you because the better you are, the better human you are in your own right, the better it is across the world. I'm going to share a video or the audio from it um, by a guy called Inky Johnson next. And... I just love this story. Inky Johnson's a footy player. I'm not going to tell the story because I'll never do it justice the way, the way he tells this story. But it's a great story. It goes for a few minutes and it's, it's everything. It's about the motivation to have a dream in the first place. It's about the motivation to actually fulfil that dream. It's about having that dream snatched from you or almost snatched from you. And it's about saying, no, bullshit, I'm not going to give up on the dream and still going after it anyway. It's all of that and it's so much more. And Inky does a really great job. So... Um, listen in and, and here's Inky Johnson. Every day I'm chasing something different. Every day the way I operate is totally different and it's not about the product for me as much as it is about the process. And what I mean about the process, the process saved my life. You see, my mother had me when she was 15 years old, right? Over on the east side of Atlanta, we came up in this neighborhood by the name of Kirkwood, drug dealer on every corner, gang members in the neighborhood, two bedroom home, 14 people used to sleep on the floor. Got the opportunity to sleep in the bed one time out of the week. It was six of us in the bed, three at the foot, three at the head. And I came up with this dream pretty quick. I said, man, I want to go to the NFL because I had eight uncles in that house, all eight of which are still going in and out of prison. And so pretty quick, I said, man, I want to go to the NFL. So I went to my big cousin tomorrow one night. I said, man, listen, I want to go to the NFL. So we got to work for this thing. So the thing we're going to do every night, we're going to be patient. We're going to engage in consistent action. Every night, we're going to race light pole to light pole, no shoes. So every night we would get out in the street, race light pole to light pole. One night a coach came down the street. He signed me and my cousins up for organized sports, right? First time being in organized sports. We get in organized sports. The thing was, after practice, everybody would leave to go home. And I always had to sit on the bench and wait on my mother because she worked that way. And so when my mother would show up in the park, it would be about 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night. So I'm sitting there and when my mother would pull up, she drove an old beard regal, hubcaps off the car seats, torn up, the car was all beat up. And she would pull up in the park 10.30 at night. I would jump off the bench. I would sprint over to my mother. I would say, Mom, if you don't mind, can you please sit back in your car and turn on your car lights? I have to do some extra drills. I have to go to the NFL. She would never have to work another day in your life. And I knew my mother was tired. And every night, my mother would sit back in that car and those car lights would hit that field. And he had a seven-year-old kid doing backpelling drills, running sprints, running laps, chasing his dream to go to the NFL. But just beyond those car lights, I could always connect with my mother's eyes. So it made me dig a little bit deeper. It made me push myself a little bit further. It made me work a little bit harder. It created a certain level of sweat equity in what I was doing. It created a certain level of pride in what I was doing. You know why people quit? People don't have pride in what they do. You know why people stop? They're selfish and it's just about them. But when you have a bigger purpose to why you're doing what you're doing and you want to honor the sacrifices that others have made for you, it's nothing for you to keep going when you hit adversity. If every decision and choice you make is just about you, at a certain point you're going to hit something that's a lot tougher than you and it's going to make you quit because you don't have a driving force for why you do what you do. But when I got up to the University of Tennessee, it was simple. It was simple for me to give everything I had. 
My freshman year, I played special teams. My sophomore season, I broke the star lineup. Had a really strong sophomore season. The summer heading into my junior year, I still remember the day where I was sitting in our film room and I was watching film on the California Bears. My defensive backs coach, Larry Slade, came in the room. He said, Inky, I got some good news for you. I dropped the click. I said, what is it? He said, man, you're projected top 30 draft pick, son. He said, all you have to do is play the next 10 football games. You're an automatic multimillionaire. I went out of the room. I called my mother and my grandmother on the three-way. I said, after this season, there will be no more struggle. I said, we would never miss another meal. I said, we would never experience another Christmas where we have to stand on the side of the curve and just be grateful. And I hung it up. First football game, I went out and played great, got an interception, shut Cal down. Second game, we're playing against Air Force, got late in the game, fourth quarter. Guy dropped back, he threw the ball to a receiver coming down my sideline. Me and the guy, we went head on. Soon as I hit the guy, I felt as if every breath in my body left. Body went completely limp, fell to the ground, I blacked out. Never happened to me before. When my eyes opened, I'll never forget, my teammates ran over. They said, Ink, get up, let's go. I said, I can't. I said, I can't move. He said, what do you mean you can't move? You're out of lockdown corner, man. We need you. Let's go. I said, I know, man, but this time I can't move. I flipped my head up to the sky. I said, God, I said, surely nothing is happening in this moment that can alter my life. They got me over to the hospital. They took me back. They ran CAT scans. They brought me back into my room. And all in a 15-second time frame, the doctor came running in from the opposite side. He said, hey, get in there. We got to rush this guy back to emergency surgery. He's about to die. I said, what? He said, son, you have busted up the clavian artery in your chest. You're bleeding internally. We have to rush you back, take the main vein out of your left leg, plug it into your chest in order to save your life. When I opened my eyes from recovery, the same doctor was over me. He said, son, has some good news and some bad news for you. I said, you got some bad news for me? After telling him I was about to die, I'm still alive. How bad can it get? I'm still here. He said, the good news is we saved your life. I said, thank you, sir. He said, the bad news is, Ink, you have nerve damage in your right shoulder. I said, okay, cool. He said, but son, it's a strong possibility that you probably can never play the game of football again in your life. I said, no way. I said, no disrespect to you, doc, but I've been working for this ever since I was seven years old. I said, no disrespect to you, doc, but you wasn't in the park with me and my mother when I was seven years old and she was sitting in that Buick Riga after she got done working at Wendy's. No disrespect to you, doc, but you didn't come up in that two-bedroom home, 14 people sleeping on the floor. No disrespect to you, doc, but you didn't miss those meals and stay focused and never made an excuse. I never cheated. I never cheated. Like my conscience still until this day won't let me cheat. Like I can't cheat. I can't look myself in the mirror and say, Ink, you did a good job knowing that I cheated. I can't cheat. One of the greatest pieces of advice that my mother gave me was this. Son, whenever you start, you make sure you finish. And the problem with the world today, people get involved with things, and if they don't like a certain person, if they don't like the process, if it's not what they thought it was, they quit. And what they don't understand about quitting, quitting becomes a habit that doesn't just affect you. Later on in life, when you get a wife and you get some kids or you get a family, it's going to come back to hunt you, and it will one day affect them. That is why I tell you the process is more important than the product. It's not even about the outcome for me. It's about can you take pride in what you do as an individual and every night when you look in the mirror knowing that you gave everything you had to it. And we have to get to the point where we're willing to impose our will on certain things. Impose your will on it. My life totally changed. And they gave me an opportunity to stop. 
And most people, when you give them an opportunity to stop while they're chasing something, they take advantage of it because they feel as if, man, why did this have to happen to me? I felt as if, why not me? This is the perfect opportunity to use this to be a blessing to somebody else. And you know what? It's not even about me to be truthful. It's not even about me. Now it's about repaying the people that invested in me and saw something in me when I couldn't see it in myself. At a certain point in life, it can't just be about you. And the moment that we understand that and every day we wake up, we understand that life is a blessing and life is a gift. And if you were to check out today, how would you want to be remembered? It's bigger than you. So there you go, guys, Inky Johnson. I, look, I find stuff all the time on the internet that I absolutely love, and I have to share it with people. I share it on my Facebook page personally. I share it in my Glen Azar Coach Facebook page, and I'm sharing it now on this podcast with you because I just think this guy's amazing. I've heard that he's coming to Australia sometime in the next 12 months, so look him up. If you can go to see him, I'll tell you I'm going to be there because anyone that's got an inspiring story to tell and a great attitude, I want to be around because I want those people as a part of my inner circle the same as I want to be a part of your inner circle. So I really hope you got something out of that. Once again, thanks for listening. As always, I'm going to harp on this. Interact with me. Send me messages. I'm very easy to find. I'm on Facebook. I'm everywhere. You can message through iTunes. You can get on the website, Glen Azar, Glen AZAR.com. Just get in touch. And if you get the chance, I would love it. I'd really appreciate it if you would spread the love by getting over to iTunes and giving us a rating and just letting people know what it is we're trying to do. And we're trying to change the world. And we're trying to do it one person at a time. And we're trying to become a part of each other's inner circle. So thanks again. Signing off, Glenn Azar. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building Better Humans podcast with your host, Glenn Azar. For feedback, to stay up to date or go back and find an old episode, head over to www.glenazar.com.